Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Let me just give you the title of my message for today. So the title of my message for today will be Presence or Presence. Good word play. <laughs> so uh, the scripture that I will be preaching from today is found in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13. If I can get every one of us to turn to Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13, you can turn uh, to your Bibles or on your phones, but let's just uh, read Luke chapter 11 together. All right, reading from verse 5. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me and on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. How many of us have been in this situation? I've not, but just... <laughs> Just a picture in my head, I can just imagine myself, you know, uh, even as I was reading these verses, I can imagine myself going up to, uh, going to Sam's house, for example, and just knocking on the, on the door at midnight. Hey, Sam, I need some bread. <laughs> can you open the door and give me some bread? So I think just picturing that, it's a very unlikely situation, but just bear with me. Jesus uses this parable just to exemplify and just to emphasize what he wants to tell us. Yeah. So verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So even as I persistently knock on Sam's door, you know eventually he has to give in because I'm just annoying him uh, for maybe the next hour and he's like, I need to sleep. Let me just give him all the bread that he needs and he can go away. So yeah. So verse 9, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And then verse 13, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You know, as we were just singing about um, the Lord pouring out His Holy Spirit to us, even as we ask, God will not hold back His Holy Spirit from us. He will generously pour it out to anyone who asks for His Holy Spirit. Amen? So, even as I've just given you the scripture for today, I'm going to preach on the topic of seeking the Lord. So, I'm going to specifically talk about two things. The first part of my message will be about half-heartedness or half-hearted seeking. And the second part of my message will be about whole-hearted seeking. 
and I have six points for us today. And coincidentally, actually not coincidence, it starts with A. So, um, I'm going to move on to our first part of the message for today. Half-heartedness. What does it mean to seek the Lord in a half-hearted manner? To really understand that, we have to first look at the word half-hearted. So, the Cambridge Dictionary defines half-hearted as showing no enthusiasm, showing no interest. But interestingly, it also uses the word lukewarm. So, lukewarm means neither cold nor hot. So, even in Revelations chapter 3, verses 15 to 16, Jesus actually spoke about the word lukewarmness as well. Even as we read that, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, what does Jesus say? I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. So, we can see from this verse that Jesus despises lukewarmness. He doesn't, he doesn't just discourage it, He despises it. And even as we have just seen half-heartedness, it also means lukewarmness. Just to give us some context about this verse, Jesus was actually speaking to the church in Laodicea. He was actually telling, he was actually telling that the people uh, of Laodicea that they are very lukewarm. They are neither hot nor cold. They are neither hot uh, for their zeal for God or uh, they are neither cold, meaning that um, they are hot, meaning they are on fire for God, cold meaning they have never really experienced uh, God, they don't know much about God. But in this case, the people, they know about God, they've already heard about God, but they deliberately chose not to be on fire for God, not to follow His commands. And that is when Jesus says, because of your lukewarmness, I will spit you out from my mouth because I cannot handle that. So yeah, even as um, I share with all of you about half-heartedness, let's really just think about our seeking of the Lord. How have we been seeking the Lord? And this is not to knock anyone down because all these points that, I've, uh, that I will be bringing to you actually comes from my life, from my experiences. It means that I've done this before. So yeah, hopefully um, you take it to heart and if it cuts you, allow His Word to just sink in and meditate on it. Amen? All right. First point, attitude, A. So, the question I want to give us, even in uh, this first point, attitude, are we serious when we seek God? How serious are we when we seek God? When we do our quiet time with God, are we actually giving God our uh, complete and full attention? Or maybe five minutes into our quiet time, when we see the notification chime on our phones, we suddenly say, oh, let me check that first before I go back to seeking the Lord. Or maybe even, uh, this has happened to me many times, even as I'm seeking the Lord, I think about what uh, I, I'm about to do during the day. What's, uh, what problems I'm currently facing? How do I um, even solve these problems whilst trying to seek the Lord? So I'm double-minded. I'm trying to seek the Lord, but at the same time, I'm trying to solve my problems for the day. So you choose either one. And let's choose God. Amen? Yeah. So, moving on to the second point, availability. Are we 
making ourselves available to hear from the Lord. So what do I mean by that? So are we taking time on a daily basis to seek God or maybe sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where, oh God, I'm tired today. I've done a 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. at work. Let me skip today. And I promise you, God, that tomorrow, first thing in the morning, I will wake up and I will seek you. But today, just give me an allowance. Like, just let me off the hook. How many of us have been there? Or maybe uh, we're studying, preparing for exam. We have uh, maybe out of five days, we have four papers uh, in a row. Then we tell God, oh God, you understand. Look at my week ahead. Uh, I'm sure you understand. I'm so busy with my uh, papers. I need to focus on my papers. But you know me, God. After I finish my papers, I will seek you every day. But that's not what God wants. God wants us to seek Him on a daily basis, especially when we are busy. He wants us to seek Him. Not for His sake, but for our sakes as well. Because in our busyness, we need God to speak to us and to give us rest. Amen? So yeah, that's availability. And now, just going on to the third point. I know I'm just zooming uh, through the points, but I'm just going to repeat these points in my second part as well. The third point, agenda. What is our agenda in seeking God? What purpose drives us to seek God? Are we seeking God only when we have a need? Only when we have a desire that needs to be met? Or do we seek God for who He is? You know, many times I find myself um, seeking God when I have a problem, when I'm struggling, when I cannot uh, seem to find a solution to a particular thing that I'm going through. But how many of us um, actually remember just taking the time, taking the liberty to actually just come to God because of what He's done, of how good He is, of how much He has uh, been, uh, been so real to us, even in the past months or even in the past weeks. Because there's so much to thank God for. We don't just have to come to God for our future uh, problems or our current problems, but we can come to God to just really praise Him and thank Him for what He has done for us. Again, it's not for His sake, it's for our sakes. Even as we come to God, even as we uh, begin to praise God and thank God, we put ourselves in the right perspective to actually face our future problems. Because by reminding ourselves that God has been there for us in the past and how He's been there for us in the past, you know that uh, God will be there for us even when we face our current situation. It doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily mean that God will give us the answer right away, but He will give us the rest and the peace we need to overcome our future problems. So yeah, just something to think about in terms of agenda. So my next point is adoration. So what do I mean by adoration? What is our proportion of praise to petition when we seek the Lord? Are we allowing our needs and our desires to dominate our quiet time with God? Or are we actually spending most of our quiet time praising God 
and thanking Him. Yeah, even just food for thought for us to think about as well. And next point, allowance. Are we allowing God to correct us even in our quiet time? Or are we just too fixated in speaking and speaking and speaking? And once we're done speaking, the end, full stop, our quiet time has finished. Or do we actually take uh, the time to actually hear from God, to say to God, Lord, even right now, would you speak to me? Would you correct me? Would you uh, just convict me? Rebuke me if you need to. But Lord, I want every, in everything that I do, I just want to please you. Have we been taking time to allow God to do that to us? And the next point, which is my sixth point, acknowledgement. Are we acknowledging Jesus as the source of our satisfaction and the source of our joy? Or are we only acknowledging Jesus when Jesus comes through uh, for, our, for our problems or with our struggles? So that's, again, something we need to think about in terms of seeking the Lord. So there you have it, six points on half-heartedness, things for us to think about and really just to sit on and, again, not to knock anyone down. We're all going through a journey, but let me start the second part of my message, which is a more encouraging, in a more encouraging light as well. So the second part of my message, I'm going to speak about wholeheartedness. What is it like? What does it look like when we seek God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind? So the Cambridge Dictionary defines wholeheartedness as completely enthusiastic. And it even goes further and says, unconditionally committed or devoted. To seek the Lord wholeheartedly, what does that mean? So it means to seek His presence unconditionally and enthusiastically. So presence in Hebrew is known as panim, P-A-N-I-M. So panim is also translated to the word face. To seek God's presence is to seek God's face. To seek God's face is to be intimate and personal. When was the last time we actually uh, become intimate and personal with God? So, back to my first point again. Attitude. What should our attitude look like when we seek God wholeheartedly? We talk about how uh, we need to be serious when we seek God. So, essentially that we need to be serious when we seek God. If that means intentionally setting time aside and removing all forms of distraction, we have to do that. Um, what I mean by removing all forms of distraction, for example, like using my own example, I know that I cannot use the e-Bible when I seek God because I will be distracted. I will suddenly find myself going to YouTube or I will suddenly find myself going uh, checking my messages. So that does not work. Uh, so I know that for me, I need to intentionally put my phone away and use one of this. 
in order to um, make sure that I give God my full and undivided attention. And maybe for some of us, uh, maybe we find ourselves uh, just seeking God uh, in the morning on our bed. But in the end, uh, five minutes into praying, we fall, uh, we fall asleep again. So maybe for some of us, we need to intentionally get out of bed and to maybe seek God uh, on our knees. Maybe that's one way where we, we can actually stay awake while seeking God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. Amen? Yeah. And let's look again at our main scripture for today. Luke chapter 11, verse 8. All right. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, keyword persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So, the key to seeking the Lord in our attitude is persistence. Seeking the Lord every single day without fail. So, even as we look at this uh, portion of Scripture, I know Jesus uses the example of the reluctant friend and the friend in need. But what Jesus is trying to say is he's not trying to refer uh, to God as the reluctant friend. In fact, he's trying to just emphasize the point where even the most reluctant person will come to our uh, aid when we persistently seek God. So that is the amount of persistence Jesus is expecting us to seek God. So yeah, wow, it sounds like a lot, I know. When I read it, I thought, wow, it's a lot, but you know, the Lord will help us do it. He will give us the Holy Spirit to help us even with our persistency. You know, just something uh, extra. I was just, uh, I was just thinking of it whilst I was worshipping. You know what, if we turn the situation around, instead of uh, putting God in the shoes of the reluctant friend, what if we put God uh, in the shoes of the friend in need and we are the reluctant friend? What if God is the one knocking, 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 and we are on our bed saying, oh, go away, go away. It's midnight. It's midnight, God. Yeah. So I was just thinking of that, and it cut me, actually. So even, you know, I think I gave XTV a verse as well. I think it was Revelations. Did I give you that verse? Maybe I didn't give you that verse. But, you know, in um, Revelations chapter 3, God also, uh, Jesus also used the analogy uh, where he said, I stand at the door knocking. If you will open the door for me, I would come in and dine with you. But only if you open the door for me. So, wow. Yeah. And next point, availability. If we can go back to Luke chapter 11, verse 7. So verse 7 says, And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. So we see here that uh, this friend seems unavailable. He seems like, uh, very reluctant. But can I remind you, friends, that God is not like that. God is always available. He will meet with us as long as we are available to meet with Him. But 
it takes our availability for God to be available. Because God is a gentleman. He doesn't force His way into our hearts. We need to first say, God, I'm available. Here, I've opened the door. Would you come in and dine with me? And even in Luke 11, 9 to 10, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I think these two verses, it further exemplifies how everyone who wishes to find need to, needs to first seek. And to seek, we need to make ourselves available to the Lord. If that means deliberately setting time aside in the morning to do our quiet time, then let's do that. Or making a point to seek God, even though our day has been so packed, so busy, so hectic. Maybe we need to think about that and maybe we should really, um, yeah, just ask God for His help so that we may have the strength to be available for Him every day. Moving on to the third point, agenda. So, again, bringing us back to the main scripture of today, in verse 5 it says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. So let's just think about what was this uh, person's agenda when he asked bread from his friend. Was it for his own agenda? No, it wasn't, was it? It was actually for his friend. His friend who has journeyed, uh, I don't know how far, probably very far, and arrived at his house at midnight. And this friend uh, doesn't have much in his house, but he doesn't just say to that friend who has journeyed and said, oh, let's wait till morning. I mean, it's only eight hours. Just sleep. Sleep through your hunger. I mean, I, w- I would do that because I'm sure um, if you've gone through the day feeling hungry, you can last another eight hours. Then we can just go to the market tomorrow or go to the bakery and I'll get, some- get you some food. Yeah, but this friend, instead, he's like, no, I need to show my friend good hospitality. Me- what is midnight? Let me go out. Let me go out and journey and get some bread for this friend. You know, just using Sam as an example again. You know, I was just thinking. Imagine Sean has uh, journeyed a long way, came back from wherever he's come from, and he reached Hagen House, and he's like, oh, Sam, I'm hungry. I need some food. But I looked through the kitchen. There was no food. Can you get me some food? And Sam was like, sure, Sean, I'll get you some bread. Then Sam goes out and journeys all the way to maybe the church hub and starts ringing the doorbell, (laughs) persistently ringing the doorbell. Eventually, Pastor Dave probably would just come down and say, here, Sam, take the bread and go. (laughs) But yeah, how many of us would do that for a friend? But that's not, uh, not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that even in our seeking of the Lord, Do we just seek God for our own personal needs or do we pray to God for the needs of other people as well? Do we come to God for who He is, just wanting to praise Him and also covering uh, 
the people who are struggling in our prayer as well? Or do we just come to God for our own needs and say, God, would you help me? God, would you come through for me? God, would you give me my own breakthrough? Yeah. So rather than primarily seeking God to meet our own needs, let's begin to seek God because of who He is. And also let's not forget to always pray for others as well. Let's not be that person who says praying for you, but in the end, oops, I never prayed for you. Yeah. Yeah. Next point, adoration. So, I spoke about our ratio of praise to petition when we seek the God in our quiet time. When you seek the Lord in our quiet time, let's praise God more than asking. Let our praise dominate our quiet time. Why do I say that? You know something interesting in Luke chapter 11? I didn't give you this verse, XTV, but even before verse 5, Jesus actually started Luke 11 with the Lord's Prayer. He actually taught His disciples how to pray, and even in the Lord's Prayer, it started off as this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on, us, on earth as it is in heaven. You can see that, that portion, praise. And then it goes on to say, give us this day our daily bread petition and forgive us our sins for, um, <clears throat> for, forgive us our trespasses as we trespass, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Sorry, my, my mind went blank. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. So yeah, the petition, uh, repenting, forgiving of sins. And for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So it ends with praise as well. It starts with praise. It ends with praise. You can see that even in the template, the Lord's Prayer, it's dominated by giving praise to God rather than petition. Even with petition, it's just like, give us this day our daily bread, one line. So yeah, let our prayer life, let our quiet time reflect that template as well. A large proportion of our prayer should resolve around praising God. Why do I say that? Because God is a God who knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows us by name even before we are formed in the womb. So do you think He will not know what we need? We do not need uh, to spend so much time repeating our needs to God, telling God, oh God, remember uh, my dream, remember this. Like God, can you please come through? I've been waiting for five days, six days. 10 days, I'm still waiting God. Like We don't need to uh, keep telling God that because God already knows. In fact, if, um, maybe we don't know, but He's already working behind the scenes. We don't need to spend uh, so much time repeating our needs as God already knows them. Rather, let's take the time to praise and thank God for what He has already done for us. Again, as I've said, to put us in the right perspective, in the right mindset. My next point, allowance. So we spoke about how during our quiet time, do we allow God to speak as well? Are we listening even as we speak? Allow God to speak to us and to correct us. Don't just focus on speaking during our time with the Lord, but also it's equally important to take the time to listen and allow His correction to begin to sink, his, sink in and change us from the inside out. Amen? Can we just look at Luke chapter 11, 11 to 13 again? Actually, no, before that, sorry. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 to 5. 
and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to not allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that men shall not live by bread alone, but men lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Yeah. And your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. I love verse 5. You should know in your heart that as a man chest, hmm, disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Yeah, I was looking for the word discipline because in my version it used the word discipline. But anyway, um, it means the same thing. Chastens, disciplines, same thing. So yeah, as we can see. So just a little bit of context for us. This was when, um, this was spoken by Moses um, in preparation for the Israelites to enter the promised land. So even during the 40 years, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, they couldn't really source their own food. But instead, what they did was, they went to Moses and complained and said, thank you Moses, you've brought me out of Egypt only for us to starve and hunger. Like, how are you going to provide food for us? If you can't provide for us, let us all go back to Egypt where we can find food. Because in Egypt, we never go hungry, even though we are slaves. So, God heard it. He was angry, but yet he still provided. He provided the Israelites with food in the form of manna. And then, after that, just a bonus, the Israelites complained again. They said, yeah, we've been eating manna for a while. We are bored now. We need some meat. Give us some meat, Moses. So then God heard it and was angry again. But because of his grace... He told Moses and said, okay, fine. The Israelites want meat. I'll give you so much meat that you will be sick of it. I will allow quail to fly and land directly on your campsite and you will have all the meat you want to eat. So, yeah. So, just echoing verse 3 again. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone. So the purpose for God to... Sometimes God withholds His blessing from us because He first wants us to seek Him. He doesn't want us to just request for something and we go our separate ways and we forget about God. But God is after our hearts. It's not after our immediate breakthrough. As much as He wants to give us our breakthrough, He doesn't want to do it if we turn away from Him after we receive our breakthrough. Just like the Israelites. If the Israelites were to go to the promised land directly after Egypt, chances are they will turn to idols. They will start carving up statues just like what they did when Moses was uh, on the mountain. They carved the golden calf and they started worshipping it. So God knew that would happen with the Israelites. That's why He had to bring them through a season of trial, waiting, just to shape their heart and change them. 
maybe that is some of you as well. Some of you might be waiting for something, but maybe God is deliberately withholding it, uh, deliberately putting you through a season of waiting because He wants to first change you. If he, because He knows that if He were to give you uh, the thing that you're asking for right now, maybe you might not be seeking Him uh, after that. Maybe you, you might not be spending time with Him anymore because the only thing that's motivating you to spend time with Him is your agenda. So maybe He's trying to teach you to say, yeah, I will give to you, but give me your heart first. Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What Jesus is trying to say here is that of our Heavenly Father will not deliberately withhold something from us just to see us suffer, just to see us, just to torture us, uh, for lack of a better word. But even as a father, earthly father, who is sinful by nature, knows how to give good gifts to their children, what more? our Heavenly Father, who is good all the time and whose mercies and love uh, is unconditional and never fails. If our earthly Father can do that much, our, go- our God can do so much more. So just a piece of encouragement. If you think God is trying to withhold something from you, don't worry. God has something better in store for you. If only you persistently seek Him. Moving on to my... Final point, acknowledgement. Acknowledge that Jesus is the source of our satisfaction even in our seeking of the Lord. Acknowledge that even though we might, we might receive our blessing, our breakthrough, that thing that we've received can only give us temporary satisfaction. The satisfaction we receive from that is short-lived at best, but the satisfaction which we receive from Jesus will last a long time. So, even as we're speaking about how we should be seeking the Lord in a wholehearted manner, even as we've gone through all these points, and as much as we think that, yeah, everything that um, Sun Tao have said makes sense, but a lot of it is very difficult to do as well. A lot of it is close to impossible. I want to do it, but I don't know if I'm able to do it. That's where we need to acknowledge that we need the Holy Spirit in all of this. Even as I invite the worship team to come up, let me just wrap up with my final point as well. Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, we can see here God is ready to pour out His Holy Spirit on us. He's ready to give it to us. 
but what is the condition before we can receive it? We need to ask Him. He doesn't just give us the Holy Spirit when we are reluctant and unwilling to receive it. So we need to play our part to say, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinful man. I realize that I cannot do this on my own. I want to be better at seeking you, God. I want to seek you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, but I cannot do this. So Lord, would you give me your Holy Spirit to enable me to do this? Jesus uses the Holy Spirit to illustrate one of the good gifts, or if not the best gift that our Heavenly Father has installed for us and is so willingly to pour, and so willingly wants to pour out for, onto us if we ask. Let's take a look at the final verse, Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. You know, the prophet used the words hearts of stone and hearts of flesh. Hearts of stone, essentially they are hardened hearts that resist change. Hardened hearts that seek to please ourselves above uh, God. Whereas hearts of flesh are softened hearts that are open to change, willing to be cut, willing to be convicted, and softened hearts that seek to please God above all else. Even as the, even if you can just uh, flash the scripture again, even as the prophet said, I will give them an undivided heart. Would you begin to ask God for an undivided heart, for a heart that is not lukewarm, that is not in two places, by a heart that is one that only desires to seek God and to please God and even as we ask God for an undivided heart God will pour out a new spirit His Holy Spirit on us Amen You know for some of us here even as we've just um, listened to this message even as we're thinking about our own attitudes when we seek God. Maybe some of us here, we desire change. We desire to be transformed by God. Maybe some of us, we, say, uh, we are saying right now, God, I've not been very good in my seeking. I've not been very good in my quiet time with you. I've not been very uh, consistent and even when I'm trying to do my quiet time, I don't seem to enjoy it. I don't seem to find joy in my quiet time. It feels like every quiet time I do is a struggle. It feels like uh, it's something that I just want to get through with because I know it's the right thing to do, but God, I don't know how to enjoy doing my quiet time. Yeah. And even as you're thinking of that, can I encourage you, even where you're at right now, just come to God you know in a while we're going to spend time in worship but right now I just want to pray for a few people or peop I just want to pray for people who are ready who are re ready to just be transformed by God ready to receive His Holy Spirit this morning can I invite all of us to stand and even as 
even as we are looking to God to say, God, give me a new heart. Give me an undivided heart. God, I don't want to be that person who seeks you half-heartedly anymore. But Lord, teach me how to seek you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. Lord, teach me to just please you, Father. I don't want to please my peers, my colleagues, if that, if that means disappointing you. But if I'm going to disappoint the world, but the result is pleasing you, help me to do that. Lord, help me to lower my pride. Help me to just uh, look to you because, Lord, ultimately the things of this world will fade. Treasures, in, treasures on earth will rust and be destroyed by moth, just like um, Jesus said. But treasures in heaven will last to eternity. So, Lord, would you help me now? Even as you want to be filled again by the Holy Spirit, would you begin to lift your hands up to Jesus and say, God, would you fill me afresh again with your Holy Spirit? Even as we've seen through Luke 11, God wants to pour out His Holy Spirit on us, but we need to first ask. So wherever you are at, if you are willing, would you begin to say, God, I need your Holy Spirit because I cannot do this on my own. I need you to fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit because only through your Holy Spirit, I can, uh, I can be filled again. You know, just another thing I wanted to share, even as we are singing uh, the third song just now, even the second part of that third song, it says, we need a fresh wind. The, you know, the Bible... Uh, uses the word ruach to explain the spirit of God and the word ruach can also be translated to breath or wind and Jesus also used um, one of the verses saying the Holy Spirit is like the wind you don't know where it's coming from you don't know where it's going to so even right now even as we begin to worship God, would you begin to ask for fresh wind? Would you begin to ask for God to pour His Holy Spirit on us? Holy Spirit, would you just fall afresh on us right now? Hallelujah. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.